It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On. Locked On. Locked Locked On. Locked 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 On. Locked on Cowboys. Welcome back to the Locked on Cowboys podcast brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what is going on, sir? <laughs> Not much. We watched a, uh, a, I mean, in some ways terrible, but also like amusingly terrible uh, Cowboys hmm. game, uh, especially when you consider it was the Eagles. So we're, I'm excited to talk about this. It's it's very uh, it's a very odd feeling after this game. Yeah. So the Cowboys fell in Week Eight to the Philadelphia Eagles, twenty-three to nine, in a game that was much closer than that. Um, there was a pivotal play late in the fourth quarter with the Cowboys down by six uh, where Ben DiNucci fumbled the football and was eventually returned for a touchdown. Um, Landon, I actually want to start there. We've got a bunch of different takeaways to get to, and we're going to do all that kind of stuff in a second. But I'm getting really tired, man, of some of these calls that are just oh, swinging the yeah. games. And, and, you know, it's fun. It's a punchline on Twitter. Everybody gets their jokes off, and then we forget about it. But... I felt like the Cowboys needed a win. I, re- I really did. And I thought they had a good chance in, in this game, you know, down at the 15-yard line. The Eagles were clearly offsides. I don't know what the, the line judge was doing. It didn't throw the flag. And then there was a clear recovery by Philadelphia that would have at least put them back, you know, inside their own 20. Uh, and for whatever reason, um, the the refs decided not to call the play dead. They decided not to, to review it. So... What was your takeaway on that play? I hate starting the podcast off complaining about officiating, but my goodness, this is getting really old. <clears throat> well, I mean, I, I you know, if, you, if you're going to open up Pandora's box, I guess we'll talk about it. Um, 
I I'm mean, sorry. Again, I hate, no, I hate no, doing it no, this way. No, no, but it's, listen, again, it, it, the fact that we keep bringing this up uh, in a year where things are already weird, the fact that we keep bringing this up really, I mean, at some point has to really put question uh, questions to the credibility of the, of the NFL. And the legitimacy of the NFL, and the little, the fairness that is exerted, uh, that is executed by the league, um, in, in the form of, you know, just having competent officiating out there, um, and and I think it's it's been such a it's been such a a drag in so many ways that you know, there's been so many times now where games have been decided by and not and then not, you know in turn not corrected until you know sometimes years later for some of these more famous calls you know sure and and, and i think that uh, you know it's it's just it's hard to uh it's hard to just you know and, and i think we all do it but it's it's hard to just turn away and, and look the other way and and just pretend like uh, sigh, you know, I guess, what are you going to do about it? Because it doesn't feel like anyone's willing to do anything about it. Uh, but, you know, it's, it, it, it is something that every single year, I mean, I, you know, except for the year that they went, they went, you know, with the, with the, with the refs when they were striking, when it was even a tick worse than it is now, but it doesn't feel like it got, you know, it, it got a whole lot better. It just feels like every year, there is multiple, you know, weeks, multiple weeks where you're facing a game where the refs made a pivotal, or sometimes several pivotal calls that were not corrected, you know, and and just and not, and clearly not right at the time, and clearly got, you know, were 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 called wrong, uh, and 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 they're game pivotal calls, and and I and I understand why you bring it up because. Uh, I think this team needs a win. I really think they need a win. It's really unfair, especially for, like you said, a team that I thought, you know, we we can say what we will about their performance, but I thought they fought really hard. They played really hard, and I thought they they pulled out all the stops, and and that's one of the things I liked and that I kind of meant when I was saying I enjoyed it or at least was fun because I, you know, I felt like they they fought really hard and they tried and they and they they try they pulled every stop out, and and yes, I agree for for it to be. You know, to, to to for it to come down to something like that, it, and, and, and there was more things than that, obviously. But I mean, for that to happen, and, and for it to be not even just such a, a a pivotal, you know, impactful play, but just so brazenly wrong on two different levels, uh, you know, in two in two ways. Like, not only should it not have been a a, touch, a fumble return for a touchdown, it shouldn't have been a. Uh, 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 a fumble return that made a touchdown. It shouldn't have been a fumble return because the play should have been dead because they were all sides. It should have been a free play for the offense. So uh, yeah, I mean the guy was. I'm looking. I'm literally looking at it right now. Uh, I think that's T.J. Edwards. The guy I with believe. the long hair, right? Is, wasn't it the linebacker that was the the with the the, the golden locks? Because I remember he was trying to blitz, right? He was like, but wasn't he peppering yeah, the a gap and he, yeah, he gets stuck on one? Foot? I'm looking at it right now. He is clearly his head is clearly in the neutral zone at the snap. Yeah. With, it, and he like gets gets off balance. He gets on his forward foot and can't like get back off in time. And the snap gets off and and yeah, and they don't call. They don't even look at that. You know what I'm saying? Like they, I mean that that's all part of what they should be looking at when they they're looking at the play in the first place when they're review supposed to be reviewing the turnover. 
but of course they don't and no one calls it and, you know again you hate to talk about that and we've done five minutes on this already and, and apologies but i know cowboys fans feel the same way that they're tired of it it's just i'm not even i'm not even talking about the you know like the the bogus hold that we had on a Ben DiNucci run or yeah. roughing the passer. I mean, those are, we're just used to not getting those calls or getting some of the short end of the sticks. But when it's that, those kind of plays, you're right. And that's right. the difference is that, you know, it used to be plays that, I mean, the, the refereeing at, at one point was good enough that we all knew about the existence of makeup calls, but they were kind of, you know, uh, they were transparent. Like it just felt like it was part of the game. It was not so obviously and blatantly bad. The original call was so bad that it was original, you know, terrible. And then in turn was rewarded by another terrible makeup call mm. for you later. It's just, it, it's become this thing where it's, it's like they're keeping, they're having to keep score of, of, of this. And because of, of so many initially bad calls, that you know, it's just it. It really does discredit and lend you know lend discredit to the, to the league because it doesn't feel. It's hard for it to feel legit. It's hard for it to feel fair. I mean, that's why you go you come to watch the NFL. I think is you mm-hmm. you, can, you for competition and 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 for there to be some a level of fairness across the league for comp- uh, for competition to actually see who's better. And, and when this kind of stuff happens, it doesn't really matter if it's for or against the cow- the Cowboys. When, when, when it can't be called fairly and evenly and obviously by the referees, then it's hard to, it's, you know, it's hard to see as legitimate. Absolutely. I couldn't have said it better myself. We're, we're going to move on. We're not going to talk about uh, any more of the officiating because all it does is it, it makes me more yeah. angry. It, so. It's an endless cycle too. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's take a quick break so I can tell you guys about Pepsi Thanks to a natural lack of athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through any game day, because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, Landon, let's talk about the Cowboys' offense. Um, I mean, they put up nine points, but it wasn't necessarily that bad. I mean, it was bad. (laughs) It seemed like there was some slight improvements despite Ben DiNucci playing quarterback. The Cowboys had uh, just 132 total passing yards. Uh, The Eagles only had 103, though, so this wasn't the the greatest offensive performance. Uh, They were able to create some chunk plays. They had a couple nice runs. Uh, what did you think about the offense altogether? No touchdowns off for the second straight week. Cowboys had uh, 43 more total net yards uh, than the Eagles did. <laughs> <coughs> uh, 
just want to. Uh, I think that I just want to throw that out. Um, you know, so look. Bad. I mean, again, I, I think somebody tweeted it best, and I, I, God, I really wish I could remember who said it. But uh, this is someone said this is not exactly a clinic on quarterbacking. One of them is a seventh round rookie, and the other one is a you know multi million dollar you know quarterback. <laughs> It was, uh, you know, I think if we're talking about just the offense, you know, uh, look, it was all. I think, I think everyone who's listened to this podcast has gone into the. I, I, we've tried our best to kind of have us walk into the situation with eyes wide open. This is not an offense that was exactly functioning well when Dak Prescott was the quarterback. You know, then Andy Dalton didn't exactly have a great time operating the same uh, uh, group. You know, for the was it three or four quarters that, mm-hmm. that he that he mm-hmm. that he played. Um, so it, it, the thought that Ben DiNucci was, you know, I, I th- thought it was possible that he could provide a spark if, you know, throw, if he could, you know, use his legs a little bit, um, you know, throw throw a ball down the field a little bit. Um, I, I, I think he that was a possibility. But look, he was still a young a rookie, and, and this is the other thing too. He did not have a preseason game. So this is the first time he's getting a chance to play. I mean, he is skipping so many levels uh, of football and playing at a speed that is so – I mean, even just with, with what he played with last week, this is so, something completely different. And, and for have Philadelphia have a whole week of looking at him and, and, and you know and finding out about him, it, it's, it's, it's just a completely different thing. So the expectations were extremely low, and I think that that's – and again, still with the, the offensive line that he has and, and, and the group that Dak has been dealing with. So I think the fact that the, the 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 expectations were low, you know, made it so that when things were working even a little bit, there was there was um you know some some hope and some expect you know some fun and because it felt like oh look they're they're able to do something they're doing some trickery they're 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 doing a double reverse, uh they're doing some wildcat stuff Cedric Wilson's taking a snap what you know it's like it's so when they tried mm-hmm. that stuff you know we've all kind of resigned to a certain degree that I, I think this is maybe not our season. So to see this kind of stuff, especially when it's the Eagles, it's kind of just, Hey, at least we're trying, you know, we're, we're going out there and we're, we're, we're trying to win this football game. And, and, and we don't, we know that we don't have our best players out there and that these guys should be on the practice squad. Uh, but we're still throwing out all, all the stops and seeing what we can do what we can. And I think the, the play calling, despite, you know, what, I, I I understand the, some of the complaints because the it didn't look like uh, exceptionally uh, uh, you know deft tri- trickery or, or or you know beyond the, the the kind of razzle dazzle it didn't seem like smart play calling all the time but I think a lot of it has to do with the fact I think those two things are not you know coincidental uh, the the kind of non you know smart play calling or or, or efficient play calling and and the razzle dazzle are both happening because. They can't function as a normal offense. They are not an NFL offense right now. They have two uh, uh, not worthy starting offensive tackles at, starting right now, and a guy that should not be starting an NFL football game just based on experience. Not that he can't ever start one, but but you know they are just not you know an NFL quality offense at this point. So uh, I mean I think they have some of those players on there, but it's hard to get those players the ball when when the, the core inside group is not that level. So they are doing whatever they can to try to just get some functionality out of it, and I think it worked for a little while, and then eventually, you know, talent caught up with them in a pretty severe way, and that's why they were only able to sco- score on extremely long field goals because mm. they they never really kind of got close, to be honest. Does Ben DiNucci start another game in his NFL career? I'm asking you right now. Ever? 
ever. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I don't know. You I do? Because I, I think I, I think I'm done. I, I, I think I think I think you know guys like that. He'll get a chance someplace probably, and and it'll happen again. Uh, you know, who I mean, knows? maybe maybe he he stays here and and, and develops a little bit more and. Uh, gets another opportunity. I, I, you know, I don't. He was he was pretty awful. But again, I, I think it's unfair. To, it's unfair to. And this is my issue overall with a lot of this stuff. And we just talked about it. To be honest, is that it's hard to look at any of this as legitimate. It's hard. So it's hard to look at this as as a as a fair evaluation of Ben DiNucci because, I mean, I, I I think I heard somebody say it today. Like, is this the first time a rookie quarterback has ever started a, an NFL game? Without a preseason game, at least start. Like I don't. I mean, how many times does that Maybe. happen? Like you know, without even playing in a preseason game. Like I, I think that that's pretty rare, and I think that that's that's something. You know, that that's especially at the quarterback position. Like that's it's really hard to play this that that position. It's one of the hardest things to do in sports, and uh, to, and, to, and for him to skip that many levels and. Uh, uh, and then, and then also get no preseason. So to get no warning before just being thrown out in the middle of the street, uh, I, I think I, I don't think I, I'd throw him out quite yet. I, I think I'd still give him an opportunity down the road I to did, kind of learn a little more. I just don't know if he has any arm. I, his, his arm just looks so weak, Landon. I mean, look at that! Look at that turkey shot that he made uh, the the week before, though. I mean, I think I'm just starting to think it was luck. <laughs> well, you know, I don't know. I mean, I I, I still do kind of uh, yeah. prescribe to the idea that if I seen you do it, you can do it again. I, I it's just I, I you can tell there's just not a lot of arm talent there though. Like there's a lot of things to like, right? He's kind of slippery. He's athletic. Uh, I think he can throw on some different platforms and angles. I just I don't know. I don't see I don't see a NFL caliber arm, you know, a starting caliber arm, you know. Yeah, I mean, again, I think it's a position where we've seen guys improve a lot in year in the last few years in ways that we didn't used to see that position improve. So yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe I, I would be shocked if he develops into anything more than a backup. I mean, that's, that's sure, spicy. sure. But that's if, as a backup, spicy. never starting an NFL game again. Sure. That's that's what I'm saying. He, I think I think there's an opportunity for him to be a journeyman who, you know, comes in to start a, a game or two. I don't think he'll ever be a full time starter. neither do I I'm just seventh round picks typically don't get very many chances and he got his yeah yeah, he got his and now I'm saying you know if these guys have to play well to continue to get jobs and get chances I just don't think Danucci's going to get very very many more opportunities on an actual NFL field in non you know preseason games that's true Uh, he probably won't get a lot more chances I agree with that Uh, let's continue to talk about the offense. Uh, the running game, 35 carries for 133 yards. They were actually a little bit better than that if you remove uh, some of the Cedric Wilson stuff. Um, Ezekiel Elliott, 19 carries for 63 yards, averaged 3-3 yards a carry. Tony Pollard, 7 carries for 40 yards. I mean, Lena, we've been talking about this for a while. Now that the Cowboys are at 2-6, and six, uh, and it seems like the dreams of a playoff or kind of, you know, playoff berth or drifting away at what point do we start you know maybe flipping these touches just to see you know Pollard you know get some more work well I mean I understand I understand the need as as a running back because I do feel like he's getting he has more burst right now and he's getting through the hole quicker but but I I, I do wonder just based and not that not that Zeke has been even his normal self here but I do wonder if Pollard is completely 
up to snuff as a pass protector. You know what I'm saying? And I, and I and I do wonder. So I so well, I wonder. I flip him around, right? So just let Pollard do a lot of the early down stuff and keep keep Zeke in there for pass protection. I, I mean, I just think we're at the point of the season where it's evaluating time. I mean, we kind of know what Zeke is, right? So let's not put any extra miles on him. I mean, uh, we we, we kind of know what Pollard is too. I don't I don't I don't think that Pollard. Do you think that Pollard is good enough to be a, a full time back? Mm, probably I, not. But does I he? I, so I don't want to necessarily. And, and the thing is about those guys is that he he they don't get a ton of touches like before they start falling off a cliff. So maybe look, not. But I wouldn't I'm, mind. I wouldn't I'm already mind paying. I'm already them. paying Zeke. So like. Well, the, if, so okay, that's right. But isn't the, isn't this an even better reason why to? You know, you, you've got Zeke on the hook for the next couple of years. Why not limit the touches in a season that's lost anyways? Well, because maybe I like Pollard down for down the road, so I don't want to put all those touches on Pollard instead. I mean, especially uh, look, especially since uh, I know, think he's going to be here longer than Pollard. We don't know. We don't know. <laughs> that we, is true. We don't know. We don't know that. But like, and, and I also think that you know, look, in a season where you are with Dak with Dak gone, you know, you are going to rely on that 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 guy to do a lot more than just run the football. Uh, I uh, why why put all those extra touches on on Pollard, and 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 I think Zeke does provide something maybe in the huddle for them. But I, you know I, I understand what you're saying. Like as as a as a back running the football, it feels like he's struggling to break tackles the way he used to. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's struggling to to break it open in the in the in the open field. Well, I just uh, think this team needs explosive plays any way they can get them. Right? Yeah. Or, you know, and, and he's the, not the threat of it. That. Yeah. And, and and if they're not gonna run, you know screens the way that they used to and when 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 you know look I think he looked good on that one screen I think he I think he can still do that but I still think that he struggles uh or he has been struggling with you know getting through the holes and 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 breaking through arm tackles the way he used to he's still falling forward on all these tackles which is still you know giving you an extra yard or two but at, at some point you know without without Dak that you need more from that position you need big plays mm-hmm. Uh, let's take a quick break and we'll talk about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar out there. It's hard to even explain it. It's real chocolate with amazing flavors and it's a great combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar with no crazy additives. Best of all, they taste absolutely fantastic and they are releasing six new flavors including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, and apple almond crisp. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off any order. Again, that's BuiltBar.com. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, Lena, let's talk about the defense because they were actually the bright spot today. Yeah. Uh, they, 
they gave up uh, 23 points in this game, but not really, right? Because the the offense gave up a, a touchdown, six points in the fourth quarter. Uh, they got four turnovers, I believe. There was multiple times where uh, they got them, you know, in the third and long, fourth and shorts. Uh, how did you think this unit played? You know, I thought I thought certain portions of it played pretty good. I thought that you know, we especially again versus expectation. Let's not. Mm-hmm. I'm not. They're not the uh, the '84 Bears. Uh, you know, I think it, it's it's still compared to what we're what we're used to. 222 yards landed. That's that's what they gave up. They yeah, gave up that in the first half last week. That's right, and so and I I think that you know a lot of it was uh, that you know Philadelphia was ailing as well, but I think you know. Despite early on being kind of a sieve against the run, uh, they actually kind of evened up a little bit. And I think, you know, teams were at, uh, people were tweeting, I don't understand why they gave up on the run, but I actually thought that they had kind of cleaned it up enough that, that I understood why Philadelphia wasn't going to it as much anymore. But early on, I thought that they were giving up the run, but. Uh, I thought that they were doing well overall versus the pass. I thought Diggs obviously had what would be best described as a boom and bust game, to say the least. I mean, I think he had two interceptions, one of which was a very poor throw. Uh, but he, ha- I mean, he had four pass deflections total, and, and and they, you know, six tackles, which you know, pa- partially indicates that he was being thrown at a lot, which means that mm-hmm. this guy was probably open. But uh, and he didn't give up a touchdown. But I, I think that overall you're seeing what week by week I think you're seeing more and more of why Diggs is going to you think Diggs might be a good player in the future for you because he, he does sure. play the ball well and even that that bad throw interception that was a great catch and, and not yeah. every defensive back is going to make that and that's the difference between Diggs and like you know another defensive back in that situation is that's a really difficult catch to get your hands on and bring in as, as a catch uh, and another guy that'll be a pass deflection with Diggs he's going to pull that in you know get back up and run it back another 20 plus yards and 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 that's you know that kind of thing can actually make a difference for good teams when he's when he's doing that regularly now the key here is uh, he's got to kind of start limiting you know raising his floor a little bit and get it better but then i think donovan wilson played a great played his best game um i you know i five tackles uh, his sack which uh, i think was one that forces the fumble and he got a fumble recovery uh another Mm -hmm. guy who's a big boomer bust guy in the safe in the safety position i think he still needs to kind of focus near the line of scrimmage and maybe even play some nickel linebacker or something like that just kind of being around but he's shown to me the guy's a playmaker he's always around the ball and he's making plays he's raking at the ball he's got long arms and he's gotten better about you know bringing the guys down bringing the guys tackle bringing ball carries down as a tackler which you know he's got long arms so he can just wrap them up and then and bring him down and uh, and Demarcus Lawrence, I think, played if not his best game of the season, then uh, maybe his, his second best. It just really was dominating out there. And again, a lot of it was competition because he wasn't exactly going against the elite when you look at what uh, Philadelphia was throwing out there without Lane Johnson. But I still think he was able to take advantage. Uh, you know, a sack and three t- tackles for a loss, forced fumble, uh, several different hustle plays. Just you know, looks like he's more and more out there and and, and playing at a high level. And uh, you know, at least you have Demarcus Lawrence out there playing like that. And even Alden Smith, I thought you know, uh, started kind of came back into a, a little bit back to what he was used to playing early on or early in the week. There was one play where he got blown back pretty hardcore uh, on a play, but yeah. I, I thought yeah. that he was playing a little bit better than he had been in previous weeks 
Yeah, so just wanted to couple on a touch touch on a couple of things that uh, you mentioned there. Uh, Trevon Diggs, this was easily the best game that he's had as a pro. Still gave up a touchdown. Still some plays where, uh, you know, he got beat. But that's kind of what he's going to be. He's going yeah. to be one of these high variance cornerbacks, and you're just hoping as he gets further along in his development that some of these, you know, big plays and you know throws into the red zone. Uh, disappear. Uh, as for Demarcus Lawrence, this is why you sign him to a big contract, right? The sack numbers aren't always there, but the hu- the a- the effort and the hustle uh, is, and you know, making plays three or four yards down the field. You know, when the the ball goes on the other side, you know, making plays in the bl- backfield, blowing up running plays. Uh, he's just a superstar, so I can't say enough good things about him. Uh, I'm really curious, Lena, to see you know what. You know, on the all twenty-two, how Leighton Vanderash played because it did yeah. seem like he played better in this game than he had in previous games. Uh, what did you see from just you know your initial watch? I still think that Xavier, especially Xavier Woods, and a little bit of Leighton Vanderash were struggling with some of their tackling. Uh, but I think that once Vanderash got that uh, that sack. Uh, he started to to really start kind of bear in and start playing a whole lot better and 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 was it was you know starting to bring down bring down guys but I still felt like they uh, uh, him and, and even more so one of the guys who's just kind of continued to, to uh, just make me scratch my head is uh, Xavier Woods is just struggling to kind of Mm. fully bring guys to the get the ground. Obviously that was not the case on Van Der Esch's sack, which was a huge play in this game, forcing that fumble, really kind of turning things around. Felt like he was really locked in after that. And so uh, you know, it's hard to kind of you know, knock him for that for a couple missed tackles or just maybe not fully wrapping up guys. Uh, but Xavier Woods, I thought, you know, on several different occasions, you saw uh, just getting there, missing the tackle, and just it, it not not finishing the play again when when he when we really need him to. Absolutely, I think uh, I think Xavier Woods is somebody that I'm I'm curious to see how he played when I go back and watch that all twenty two. Um, Randy Gregory thought he had a couple nice plays in this yeah. one. I agree, a bogus roughing the passer. That call was that terrible. I'm just. I'm just so tired of. Um, again, was good. again, by itself, not so bad, but in in the context yeah, of all the other stuff, whatever. ridiculous. Yeah, uh, Jalen Smith, do you want to comment on him? I mean, just I, I, the, the the problem is is not. I mean, it, the problem is that he takes terrible angles, and and it's at what it, point do we go just Sean Lee, Leighton Van Der Esch for a while? I mean, I, 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 I think it's probably time. I mean, I, I just don't know that you can continue to chase the variance at that position. There's not – he hasn't produced enough. Mm-hmm. You know, some of these guys like Wilson and, and, and Diggs, especially now, uh, that you're starting to see pay off a little bit by patience with their up and down. But Jalen, it's like he has a good game where he has a lot of tackles, and then he's now had like two or three bad, terrible games in a row. And it's not yeah. even like the up and down play. And and again, it's it's all, it's it's not all physical. It, it seems now to me, it seems it seems like it's 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 technique, it's mental. Like he's struggling to, he's taking bad angles, and then just like you know, you saw several different times he comes to fill in the hole, and he's coming at such a, a sharp angle. He's not allowing for himself to get cut on, 
you know, to get to, to get cut outside. So when the when the guy makes the the, the, the move outside, he's losing contain and, and he's just has he doesn't have the athleticism to chase that guy. So I I just you know I, I think he it's it's worse because he's getting piled on mm-hmm. and and I feel like you know and 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 I you know, I don't blame I don't blame people at this point. But I think that he's also probably involved maybe in this whisper campaign as well. And so it feels like it's hard to feel sorry for him on this because he's just, he's just got to play better, you know? And, yeah. and, and yeah. that's last that's, year was dealing with the coaches that he didn't like, you know, he yeah. wasn't a fan of the, the linebacker coach that was there. And now there's been some other issues. So I'm, I'm crossing my fingers that the Cowboys have a bye here in week 10 after they play the Steelers next week. Maybe by that time they'll have, you know, Sean Lee will be in condition to play more snaps. And why, so why not Leighton Francis Vin- Bernard? Like, why not? Is, why not? Yeah, why, why not? not? I mean, at this point. Let's see. Or Luke Francis Gifford. Bernard. Who cares? Yeah, I mean, sure. I, we're going to get to a point here, Landon. I mean, we're still, we're still a ways away. But where the Cowboys are going to start being almost mathematically eliminated from playoff contention. I want to see what Francis Bernard and Luke Gifford can do. I already know what Leighton Vander, excuse me, I already know what Jalen Smith can do. Um, I, I want to see what some of these other kids can do. Can I add one one last thing sure. before we go? Uh, sure. Special teams wise, I, I liked the the the, the intentional safety so onside punt. Smart. Uh, I thought that was. I just. I don't want to get too fu- t- too much into it because we're about to go. But I thought it was a, a smart call and good. You know, analytical thought process about the best 100%. chances of winning to winning the game the fact that they acted on it i i, I so bravo to them for for at least and it taking should have worked chance. they they had a perfect chance to to make yeah. it work yeah oh, it's so frustrating yeah. not that it would have made a difference but it was just a it good was effort a great you know, I, 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 I applaud the coaching staff for for reacting to the public uh you know outcry of what's going on and and putting in uh, together what i thought was a you know, again, people argue with me, but I thought it was a really good game plan for for what they were rolling out there on offense and on defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, they put that that team in a position to win the game, uh, and a couple things swing the right way, and that team probably it would have been a different outcome for this team. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Remember, you can follow the show at Locked on Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. We will see you on Tuesday with our All-22 review. We'll do questions later in the week. Uh, and then we're getting ready for the Pittsburgh Steelers here oh, in boy. Week 9. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we'll see you guys next time. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.